welcome to A Bookshelf Binge. I'm your host, Jessica, and today I'm joined by one of my favorite cosplayers on Instagram and one of the first people I followed upon joining the platform, Georgia, otherwise known as Peachy Queen Cosplay. Thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm such a fan. Thank you. <laughs> This is all just a ploy to making you be my friend because I'm just such a fan. I mean, but fair enough. I respect that. <laughs> I respect your hustle. <laughs> so, Georgia, how did you start doing cosplay? Um, so I mean, I've always dressed up. I've always loved dressing up. I made excuses to dress up. I would force parties upon my friends to have like costume things going on. Um, but actually cosplaying, the first time I did that was 2016. Um, just knew that there was a convention coming to town. It's actually like one of the bigger ones to C2E2 in Chicago. And uh, it happened to be around the time, months and months before Suicide Squad was coming out. Um, and my friend and me were excited about that. And I really loved Harley's costume in that. So I was like, okay, like that'd be fun to just go as Harley. And my friend was Catwoman. And we had no idea like that that was cosplay uh, until we kind of like were thrown, we threw ourselves into it, but until we went and you know, people are taking photos and everybody was dressed up, which we really didn't know what people would be dressed up. And that's still like a weird worry we have when we go to conventions. We're always worried we're gonna be the only ones dressed up, which makes no sense. Yeah, we didn't really know that that was like a whole art form because it really is an art form. Um, and just this whole community until that day. And then we kind of saw like, oh, this is like fun. People do this all the time. Like this could be for us. So, I mean, that was kind of like, my first foray into cosplaying, knowing it was cosplay. That's awesome. I also love the Harley Quinn costumes. They're just like, Suicide Squad did it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, I know it's kind of like different opinions on it. Very, It's very male gazy, but I don't know. I felt very empowered wearing the Suicide Squad costumes because I actually did two different ones from that movie um, in the convention circuit in that year. And I mean, I felt really good about myself and it was kind of like a very risque costume for a first cosplay at a convention. <laughs> I'm kind of looking at myself now and I'm like, damn, I really just like went for it. I, I respect that about what I did. <laughs> That's really awesome. Do you feel that dressing up, even if it's kind of risque, like, do you still feel like that's super powerful and such like a wonderful and empowering move? I do because I mean, like, it's what's nice about when you're cosplaying something more risque or that shows more skin. It's, I feel like there's this kind of, uh, I don't know what to call it, but like you kind of go into it with the idea that you're not yourself. So it makes it a little bit easier and it's almost like something to hide behind, which isn't necessarily like a great way to put it because it sounds bad, but I think it helps, even though you're kind of hiding behind a character, it helps bring you out of your shell. Cause I mean, I wouldn't have worn anything like that Harley Quinn costume, you know, even a few months before. And it was very nice. It's very nice to like be able to do that and have like an excuse to back you up because you are in costume, you're portraying a character. And I think there is still a lot of, especially at conventions, a lot of misogyny attached to costumes that are more risque and people, and not just men, but like men and women think it's an excuse to 
you know, be lewd or just rude, <laughs> rude and lewd to you if you're showing more skin and that's really messed up. And I think a lot of people that are wearing those costumes feel very good about themselves and it's nice for them to have a space where they can do that. But it does still come with some people that like to take advantage of that and be jerks basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, like pros and cons to it. But I mean, I have a lot of fun doing it and I've kind of learned to like block out if people are being weird or creepy. So, yeah, it's just something, it's unfortunately something you have to do. Just learn to block it out. Yeah. I got really deep really fast. Sorry. It really <laughs> did, but I'm here for it. I'm really here for it. So for those of you listening who don't know, cosplay grew out of the practice of fan costuming and began at the first World Science Fiction Convention in New York City in 1939. So almost 100 years ago, cosplay really started to take form. However, The cosplay that we think of, that we see at conventions and stuff, grew out of that first world science fiction convention and really morphed into its own culture that took off in 1984 in Los Angeles. And honestly, this culture and community has grown exponentially since, has reached the bookstagram community, it's part of the film industry, it's just a wonderful, wonderful community of people. There are so many literary cosplayers on Bookstagram. Georgia was the first one I followed, but there are so many wonderful people who just dedicate so much time to this. But how do you choose the characters that you do? Um, I kind of just go with who I like. It's I don't really have a formula to choosing who I want to do. Um, there are certain you know things I like to think about beforehand. If it's something I can do if it's something you know I feel good about doing like I can pull it off but I mean I pretty much just go with what I like and usually I mean when it's like um I mean so that's more so for books but for like movies and stuff it definitely is more so an aspect of what I can actually even get together and what materials are available because I'm not as skilled as I would like to be so I can't you know construct a lot of things from scratch that you see in movies but you know for example Harley Quinn that's pretty easy to find tons Mm -hmm. of cosplay sites that sell those costumes or piece it together myself so yeah I mean I don't don't know there's not really you know a set process I go through just kind of what I want (laughs) that's fair so do you take inspiration from books and movies that you have personally read or watched or do you sometimes look at fan art and be like that's a very cool character I want to replicate that. Um, so there will be sometimes more so with books. I will see fan art on Instagram that I don't know the characters and I'll think, oh, that's like really cool looking character. Like I might want to read those books or usually it's usually when there's like a hot guy that's like like <laughs> portrayed, that's what I'm like, oh, I kind of need to read that. And then I see the girl characters I can cosplay. But yeah, I mean, like when I'm putting together cosplays, I do like to take into consideration fan art and everything. And I mean, definitely when I first started cosplaying books, I would rely on fan art a lot, mostly for makeup. Um, Cause I mean, costumes, those artists are incredible and you know, never be able to replicate some of the things that they do. So I mainly look at it for more so makeup, hair, I guess overall demeanor. So for posing and things like that, just kind of see the feel that pe- other people get from them kind of mesh it with how I interpret those characters uh and just kind of marry those two and yeah I go from there but I do I do like 
referencing fan art even still um definitely kind of just wing it more so now but it's i mean there's such talented artists in the book community that it's hard not to want to replicate what they do i totally get that it's impressive it's i i never understand how people can have so much talent in their hands like i just don't <laughs> understand <laughs> so when i first joined bookstagram i only really saw like the fun flat lays and the fun this is a book type post and the more i dived in the more i found the fan art the more i found accounts like yours and it is just a level of creativity that I do not have. It's cool though, seeing like all the different aspects that people can bring just to like celebrate and talk about books. Because I mean, I didn't know any of that existed until 2016-ish when I found BookTube. Um, so I still didn't know about the book community on like Bookstagram, um, more so Tumblr at that time, I feel like, and maybe a little bit Twitter, but I didn't know that existed. And I feel like it kind of really started growing around the time I kind of started following it, especially on Instagram, because there really weren't nearly as many fan artists. There were really no book cosplayers. They're just kind of cosplayers that occasionally did book characters. And it's just, it's grown into such a big thing these days. And it's crazy seeing all the talent that people bring to different things that they do. I mean, even some of the bookstagram accounts, I look at them, I'm like, how do they think to like, place everything like that and just like the aesthetic is just so beautiful I just I don't understand it's crazy it's so cool though I agree it is the coolest do you consider yourself a bookstagrammer first or do you consider yourself a cosplayer first and foremost um I would say cosplayer first mainly I mean that's how I started because I did start with pretty much really only Harley Quinn cosplays um and Pharaoh was the first book character I cosplayed and I just thought okay well nobody's gonna care whatsoever about this but I'm gonna do it because I want to do it it was right when Aqua War was coming out so I was just like okay well I'm gonna do it and nobody's gonna care but I don't care that nobody's gonna care <laughs> so first and foremost a cosplayer um I kind of feel weird sometimes like could like marking myself as like a bookstagram account because I don't know even though book cosplay is definitely taken off within the last like year, two years. Um, it's more of a recognized thing. I don't know, for some reason, I, there's like some kind of block in my <laughs> brain where I'm like, you're not a bookstagrammer, like you're not. Cause I just don't feel like I don't put in the same, I don't know, like, I don't wanna say put in the same time and effort cause I do, but like, I don't know. It's just something in me. I'm like, you're not a bookstagrammer, but I am, I am a, like, I'm book class. You absolutely are. Yeah. <laughs> When people ask what I cost, I'm like, I mean, like books. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a bookstagrammer. I just need to like accept that. Can you talk me through your routine when you do decide to do the full character dress and everything? Because I feel like it'd be very time consuming and it's so impressive. And you do the full thing. You do multiple, you do both genders, you cross boundaries, you do reels you do photos, you just kind of do it all and I'll just stop fangirling. <laughs> no, thank you. I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I, and like, this is a little bit of a tangent, but like, I do appreciate it. Like it does take a lot of time and effort. And I feel like I'm not the only one who hesitates to say that because it sounds silly when, even if you're, you know, a bookstagrammer or whoever you are, bookstagrammer, um, just a regular influencer, like people, 
kind of thing. Oh, that's like an easy job. You're just put, putting pictures and like, no, a lot does go into it. So like, thank you for saying that. Cause I feel like even, especially book cosplayers are kind of hesitant to say like, oh yeah, it's a lot of work because we feel silly saying that, but it is side, side tangent. Very much is. <laughs> um, but process for getting into it. I just, I, as I read the book, I try to take notes. So if they say, the hair is a certain length or a certain shade. I try to mark that down or if the eyes are a certain shade, just cause those little tiny details, I don't know. It's not enough for me to just know that a character's eyes are blue. Like I wanna know if they're cerulean blue or if they're like sky blue or, you know, deep blue. I, I need to know the, the little details cause that makes a difference to me. Granted, it probably doesn't to everybody and that's fine. But it's just for me, I like to know because I feel like those little details, capturing those are also important for differentiating between characters because a lot of characters do look alike and it's always gonna be me in the costume. So I wanna make sure that if I'm cosplaying, um, here's an example. So if I'm cosplaying maybe Lou from Serpent and Dove, I don't want it to look like Juliet from Shatter Me. Cause I mean, they both have bluish eyes. They both have are brunettes, well, part of the time. <laughs> and you know, they're of similar build. So I don't want people to kind of mistake them. I want to get the littlest details right. So again, freckles, anything like that, I try to mark down. And authors aren't always super descriptive about clothes. So it, it gets a little harder there. So I mean, if there are certain clothes marked down, even if it's just like, she was wearing a blue satin dress, like I try to mark that down. I'm like, okay, so I should gravitate towards like satin or silk and I should probably do blue because this is a more identifiable color for this character but and usually when there are descriptions lacking that's when I have to kind of turn to fan art or kind of just like think about the general feel that I get so I mean I think you know Akatar has a lot of good like moments of just describing certain outfits but overall I feel like when people choose to do Akatar characters they kind of just go based on the feel and the fan art like a combination of those two, because it's not, you know, it's obviously not medieval fantasy, but it, it's not urban fantasy. So it's kind of like a mix between the two. You kind of just do something based off of that. Mm -hmm. It's weird when it gets to those points where you have to kind of figure out the outfits just without anything to go off of. So I really appreciate when authors are very descriptive. Like, I don't think they understand how appreciative I am of that. <laughs> That's awesome. And then how long do you, would you say it takes to get into like, say like a fair costume? Um, so the makeup alone can take, usually takes about an hour because I kind of have the process down at this point. Um, it could take a little bit longer depending on if there's like a smokier eye makeup or something I want to do, but usually about an hour for the makeup to get in the costume and the wig and just the contacts, probably another like 20 minutes or so. So about an hour and a half, I guess, roughly for Feyre as an example. If it's a new character, I definitely spend a little bit more time being careful with the makeup just because usually it'll be my first time and I want to find little things to do different to, again, make it easily distinguishable from other characters. But figure about like an hour and a half to get into costume and makeup and stuff. That's so time consuming. I can't even spend that much makeup on like, or that much time on my own makeup. Yeah, no. And like, when I normally do my own makeup, I don't care. Cause I'm just so, <laughs> I like, I was telling people on Instagram, like I have this weird thing and I honestly think it might be attributed to like ADD cause I just can't sit still, <laughs> but I hate 
the like going through the motions kind of aspect of cosplay where it's like, okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna put on makeup and then I have to get on the wig. I'd rather just be able to like jump right into it. And I mean, you obviously can't do that. That's part of what cosplaying is. But I think just after like years of doing it, I'm just so tired of like the, the process of doing makeup and stuff that it's rarely something I have fun with. <laughs> and it's just like a task which kind of like a downside to it. But yeah, when I normally do my non-cosplay makeup, I just take 20 minutes because I don't even want to spend time and thinking about it. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> so what's your favorite part about cosplay then? If like the nuances of like the getting ready is like so much of a task now. Um, I feel like it's like when everything comes together because even taking the photos and I mean, honestly, taking the photos has never been like a highlight for me. I've always kind of like, I'm always like been awkward with that part. And I think that's why I do it by myself because I just don't do well if other people are taking my photos. Cause I, I might be weird, but I am kind of camera shy. I don't actually have like photos of just like myself most like in everyday occasions. Um, so it's never been that, but like, I feel like after seeing everything come together kind of in the editing stage where I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So like, if I like play with this lane, it'll like highlight this part of the outfit, just kind of seeing how it all comes together and the mode of gain to post it and kind of share it. That's my favorite part. I don't know like why that is, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Cause you would think like the like dressing up would be the fun part. It is, it is fun. But like, I think like the other things associated with it, like having to sit down and do nothing else, but get ready and just having to like pose a certain way. I don't know. It kind of like wears me out very fast. I think that's mainly what it is. It makes me tired. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, if it was a situation where I was just going to a convention, the whole process is fun. So mm -hmm. I don't know why that's a different thing, but yeah, just like thinking about like going to the Renaissance Fair or going to a convention, like that whole time I'm in costume, I'm having a blast. But I think because when I'm doing just regular like book cosplays, the end goal is getting it on Instagram it is more of like that's what I look forward to mm -hmm. I guess Be I don't know. yeah I don't know how to like explain that better <laughs> no I think you did well like I understand that I feel that with like 90% of like my work tasks like I the process of doing it but like that hitting submit you just like feel so much pride and like I did this yeah I guess it is like it's like a pride thing I don't know it's seeing it all come together Mm -hmm. It's kind of a weird thing because I think a lot of people do enjoy the process though too. So I, I teach their own. Yeah. You mentioned that you have been to conventions. How did you choose which characters you've done? Like you posted a couple on Instagram when like you met Sarah J Mass and you were dressed up as Aelin and when you met Lee Bardugo and you're dressed up as Alina. Like how did you choose to do those characters for those? Um, so I mean, for those, like, so Lee, every time I met her, well, I guess we've gone to book events for her, but um, that was BookCon, and BookCon was, like, a weird process for choosing my characters that year. I kind of chose them based off of the authors I got tickets to meet. Um, so Lee, I wanted to do Alina, because when I had met her two years before, a year before, I don't remember when, um, I was, a year before, I was Zoya, and so I was like, okay, I want to do Alina this time, because I had just done, um, this like grandiose Alina look that I liked, which was not at all the proper costume to bring to a convention like that, but I did it anyways. Uh, so, I mean, and then I did 
Evangeline from Red Queen and I did Carden from Folk of Air. I did, oh, Izzy from Shadowhunters. Um, and those were all based on the fact that I was meeting Victoria Aveyard, Cassie Clare, Holly Black, Lee Bardugo. So, I mean, in that situation, it was kind of based on that. Uh, Aelin, it was a Sarah Mass event. So just wanted to go as Aelin. I actually like had it between two outfits and I just went with that one. But when it's like regular conventions, that's a whole different thing. I normally don't do book cosplays for, you know, San Diego Comic-Con or C2E2, just because, I don't know, it's more fun for me if I'm getting to interact with, it's, wearing a cosplay is like a conversation starter, and it's more fun getting to interact with people that are in similar costumes, and book cosplays just aren't popular at regular conventions, so I do gravitate towards, um, I do gravitate towards movies, mostly, sometimes TV shows, but usually movies for conventions, just because it's easier to interact with people, get photos with people, but yeah, no, for regular conventions, it's kind of more just like, okay, like, what movie character do I feel like doing this time? Usually, I like trying to do more obscure ones just because there's usually an influx if a movie is popular at the time of people doing the same things. And I just kind of have this inferior inferiority complex. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that person looks more like Margot Robbie, so I don't like how I look anymore. <laughs> I like that. I, it's a bad habit of mine. I fully understand that on such a, like an intrinsic level. Yeah, and it's I I think a lot of people have talked about this too in terms of book cosplayers. That's kind of a nice thing about book cosplay is that you don't feel a pressure to look a certain way because these characters are at the end of the day in our heads. Even if we have a kind of consensus idea of how a character looks, they're in our heads. They're, they're differences. Whereas if you try to just like Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn, and you don't look like Margot Robbie, it kind of there's like a pressure to look like her and that's just like obviously not obtainable because it's freaking Margot Robbie so I think that's like a nice thing about book cosplay and why it's become more popular because a lot of people is even cosplayers who for years have done mainly movies and shows have kind of realized like oh this is like flexible this is nice it's very fluid in what we can do mm-hmm. that's so interesting um do you feel like for Instagram and stuff do you feel pressure to stick to like certain genres and certain characters or are you like more just like this is what I like to do and this is what I'm doing (laughs) I think I've gotten more comfortable with just doing what I want now um but I do I think and this goes for a lot of people not just book cosplayers but for bookish businesses uh fan artists everything like that in the book community I think we definitely feel pressure for doing like YA, NA fantasy, especially Sarah J Mass, because that's what's popular and that's what people mainly want to see. And we do notice that, I mean, we're looking at numbers and numbers do matter. I don't, anybody that says they don't is lying. <laughs> and, you know, Sarah J Mass posts of any kind for again, businesses, cosplays are anything do exponentially better than any other author or genre, even the most popular ones. It'll still do better than Shadowhunters. It'll still do better than Lee Bardugo. Um, So I think there is a draw to kind of stick to those, not so much a pressure, but there is a draw to stick to someone like Sarah J Mass or one of the more popular ones. Um, And I would also say, 
yeah, like I said, I mean, fantasy is more what people want to see, which makes sense because the costumes are cooler, the characters overall look more cool. Um, but like, so like I know when I do uh, contemporary cosplay, it usually doesn't do good at all in terms of the engagement. Um, I mean, I do them because I like them. So, and I love contemporary books, so I'm going to do them anyways. But there's definitely a drastic difference in mm-hmm. engagement when it comes to things outside of what's popular. Someone that I follow today posted about how they also struggle with that and how, like, she, like, put up two posts and she was like, this one is a really great, like, contemporary book and I got, like, 400 likes and this is a Sarah J Mass book that I put zero effort in and I got 2,000 likes. Like, what's the difference here? Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's exact. It's sad. It, I mean, I love Sarah J Mass. don't get me wrong, but it, it does wear thin after a while where it's like, okay, well, I want to do other things. And mm-hmm. I think the reason we look at those numbers and the reason we pay attention to engagement is because, I mean, definitely people want their accounts to grow, but also it just feels good to see people get excited about what you're doing or what you're posting. And when they're not excited about you posting a contemporary, you know, book or cosplay or fan art, for example, it kind of was like, oh, okay, well, I really liked that, but okay. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. And I mean, we'll have other authors that come into popularity at Sarah's level. Just right now, it's for the past few years, it's been Sarah. So that's what's popular. And that's kind of what people are gravitating towards right now. That's fair. Do you feel a ton of pressure to like keep growing the account and keep seeing that, that followers number rise and all of that? Um, I feel like a self-inflicted pressure like I want to see it more so just because I'm curious like where it could go because I mean where it's gone in the past few months alone is nowhere where I ever thought I would be able to go in terms of numbers um, so I'm just mainly curious for myself I mean I'm not really doing it for other people I never really have been so really just self-inflicted like I said which I mean isn't always good but whatever <laughs> it gives me something to do <laughs> social media yeah usually it's self-inflicted <laughs> you're right <laughs> what's the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself as your account has grown I don't, this is a hard question I really don't I feel because I've learned like so much that I'm just like I'm I look at myself and I can't you know pinpoint what it is but I'm a totally different person than I was even probably not, I would say a year ago is when I underwent a lot of change, but like maybe like a year and a half ago or two years ago, like even in that time that I've still had this Instagram account, I feel like I've changed a lot. Um, I don't know about like learning about myself. I feel like it's mainly like how I use my account, how I interact with people. I do like how I've grown in that area. Um, I think especially like, I mean, this is about to get like a more serious note. Once uh, George Floyd's murder happened last year, that was kind of an awakening for me that I had this account. And I mean, at the time I had 18,000 or so followers and it kind of had reached like a stalemate. I was kind of bored with the account, but like also I still had this big account with all these followers and I wasn't really using it for anything like meaningful, I guess, beyond, you know, posting my cosplays, which seems like people like, so I appreciate that. And I have fun with it, but I think for me, that was a realization that like I could use my account for other things because I had always been afraid to be like political. And I don't think, you know, something like Black Lives Matter is a thing that's not a political matter. So I think that kind of like 
woke me up and just being able to engage with people on civil rights issues and political issues kind of showed me like you don't have to be afraid to post what you want to post in terms of sharing those resources sharing those you know that news um and it made me braver in a way to be able to post that kind of thing like those kind of things and just like think about ways I could use my account to do good and after that I kind of started focusing on also highlighting bookish businesses that I like because I mean COVID really hit them hard and you know that's something I could have used my account for that whole time when COVID had started I could have been promoting these people that I love their shops so I think just like learning I don't want to call it selfishness but like learning how to not be so selfish in a way with my account, just being able to use it for others, if that makes any sense what I'm saying at all. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, it's like the, like, Taylor Swift talked about this. It's like <laughs> how it was like the Dixie Chicks thing. Like the Dixie Chicks got really political and they kind of got punished for it. And it made stars really hesitant to speak out about stuff that matters. And that fear is so prevalent in social media and keyboard warriors and like people just tend to lose a filter when they're very upset with you online and so I totally understand like a the hesitancy and b like the feeling brave about posting about it and seeing you post about it because you do it fairly often when you post about stuff that matters like you posted about Palestine and you posted resources like that and seeing like stuff like that on yours feed like does make a difference and it makes me be like wow, this is really awesome. So just like as a fan. <laughs> like, thank you. And I mean, oh God, the Disney chick's saying that because I'm so angry and that's the thing. It's just people get so riled and it's like, they forget that, especially when it comes to social media. These are your accounts. You can do what you want just like they can. Like that's mm-hmm. each of our rights. So it just really fires me up. And I know when I posted about Palestine, every single day I was getting DMs from people telling me to stop and telling me, I didn't know what I was talking about and I was just like it's my account I can do what I want (laughs) I'm not spreading hate I'm I actually was finding like the least biased post possible um because it obviously is an issue that's very complicated and very complex and those are the same words I'm redundant now but (laughs) um it's a very you know delicate conflict I mean I don't want to call it conflict but you know issue that we have going on and you know, I was trying to be careful. And like when people do get angry or upset with me about those kind of things, I do take it to heart because I'm very much a people pleaser. But at the same time, because in the past year or so, I've learned to like be braver about those things. I don't care at the end of the day. If I stand by what I'm posting, then I'm going to keep posting it. And, you know, if there's something I need to learn and step back and evaluate, I will do that. I'm not going to just going to ignore what they're saying. I'm going to think about it. But, you know, when people are blatantly being very, just one-sided and small-minded I'm I honestly I don't have the time or energy to even process what they're saying so I'm just gonna join me at the end of it yeah which is awesome you once mentioned on Instagram and I'm going to sound like such a stalker and I apologize but you once mentioned that like you aren't the biggest fan of like or like you are not as interested in joining like booktube and book talk and that instagram's kind of your like safe happy space for cosplay can you kind of like expand on that yeah i mean i just so it's this weird thing that i don't really understand because i feel like all these different social media platforms 
there's a lot of overlapping users. Like, I mean, I have all these, like, I have a Twitter account, I have a, book, a TikTok account, I have a YouTube, I guess, profile, not really account, but, you know, we all use these, but it's weird because on each platform, there's such a different behavior that's prevalent in people. And it's just, in particular, I would say I've definitely grown used to book talk over the past few months. So I'm definitely more comfortable on there now. Um, and I do really appreciate how they spread information on there. It just, people do get a little aggressive on there, but I've gotten more used to it and how to navigate it. Um, and it's not as smothering anymore. Uh, YouTube's more, I just feel like people are so critical on there that I'm like afraid to even go on there. Like even comments for some of my favorite YouTubers, I see them and I'm like, how do you even think to say that to someone that just made this like hour long video or like the other day, um, this YouTuber, like literally just a crime YouTube. This is apparently a community I didn't know about until recently. This whole crime community of YouTube um, where they just like talk about cases like Casey Anthony or mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And she had just gotten 500K followers and she literally was just doing a live and just having like a glass of wine to celebrate and doing a like little chat. And I guess there were people before I got in there because I only saw the last five minutes, but there were people that were like saying she looked drunk and wasted and just like stuff like that. And she's a 37 year old woman. <laughs> and it's like, and there was just one point towards the end where she's like, guys, can you like, like I am a 37 year old mom. I'm tired. I get up at 5.30 every day. I do these videos and I just don't have a glass of wine, which I can do. And I want to celebrate with you guys and just be a little bit nicer. And I like felt for her. So I just was watching like, oh my God, I like, feel this it's those little things that can get you when you're putting in all that time and you know just it's grading so I YouTube scares me <laughs> um I would say honestly Twitter is the scariest though people are so outrageously vile on there and it's not everybody but it's just a lot of people and even a few like a month or so ago um I posted on my Instagram account this was around the time what was happening. It was around the time the Daniel Rose Russell stuff happened where people were shaming her on, they said it started on Twitter, I think, but it, I think it started on Facebook um, for they were fat shaming her for possibly getting casted as Feyre. And yeah. they, after that happened, something else happened that people didn't really talk about too much. Um, was the, like they were like it was people like jokingly and I say that in like air quotes because I don't think you can joke about this yeah um, jokingly threatening Sarah J Mass like threatening kidnapping her son to I can't remember what like it was about either to make Illyrial or um going real endgame or to get the next Avatar book I can't remember what like it was about, but I know they were like basically joking about kidnapping and holding her son hostage, her like two, three-year-old son. And I just don't find that funny at all. I find that incredibly disgusting. And the thing is like, people don't realize when you make a joke like that, you could be joking, but no one knows if you're serious. And like a joke like that is something that can launch a criminal investigation. And I don't think people realize that because the people doing this are usually, you know, nothing against teenagers, but it's usually younger kids. And that happened and Twitter, it was on Twitter that happened. And when BookTok got a hold of it, they're speaking out against it, which this is what I'm saying I love about BookTok. They're very quick on getting these videos together and just analyzing and getting the word out. And it got back to Twitter and Twitter was like, oh, well, I'm joking. You guys are so dumb. You think I'm serious? And it's like, 
that's not funny. It's not funny though. And I posted um, the original thread from Twitter on my Instagram story and this group of like Illyrial stands, which by the way, I'm an Illyrial stand. Like they, we're not the same, like different sides or anything. That's why I think it was about Illyrial and like one reel. Um, they saw me do it, which I don't even understand. I don't know if they follow me or they don't follow me or they just got word of it, but I posted it on my Instagram. Got back to Twitter and they're like, they were bashing me basically. And they were like, does this make peachy queen even know what she's talking about? And it's like, I'm not even active on this platform and y'all are talking about me. Come to Instagram where I'm active and talk to me, first of all. And they just like lashed out at me. And I had to like <laughs> tweet back like two or three people <clears throat> just being like, hey, like I don't have like different opinions than you. Like we're both like the same stance here and y'all are coming at me over something that's really not funny. And like, I don't know. I don't even remember like what happened because I just tried to distance myself from the situation. But I was just like, y'all really are that aggressive that you found me on Instagram, then went back to the platform you're active on and I'm not and like wrote a bunch of stuff about me. Like, it's so vile to me. It's so crazy. And just like, and they, so the main thing was they were like, oh, she's like slamming book Twitter. It's always book Twitter that gets like the blame. And it's like, I mean, this just happened to happen on book Twitter that day. Like if it was something on book, I would share it too. Like it's not, I'm not, you know, but this is the behavior. This is why people think <laughs> Twitter is so bad because you guys do this stuff. So yeah, I, I hate Twitter. I really do. <laughs> I'm literally just sitting here and just like open mouth. Like what the fuck? I'm, nobody that kind of flew under the radar, that whole thing. That's why I put it on my Instagram story because nobody was talking about it because it yeah. was kind of in the wake of the Daniel Rose Russell thing. So people were still kind of talking mainly about that. But I don't know. I thought that was really disgusting. So I wanted to share it, but me sharing it pissed people off enough that they thought I was just coming for Twitter. And it's like, it's a platform. You don't own Twitter. What's the big deal? Jesus. Just, yeah. Can't we have nice things? (laughs) Honestly. And like, I mean, I'm not saying like none of this happens on Instagram. It's just, I encounter it myself less Mm -hmm. or maybe other people encounter it quite a bit enough to say that they hate Instagram the most. And that's just person to person. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I see it the most on Twitter and it just kind of general bitterness on YouTube, not really just the book community, but when it comes to like the book community, yeah, Twitter, I'm sorry. You guys have so much drama that I want to stay away from. I don't want any involvement. I just want to be able to post my cosplays and live my life. Please just like leave me alone. I mean, that's just my things between each of those platforms. I mean, it's really, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why the behavior is so different from site to site. And I think I did see something kind of talking about why the behaviors are different on Twitter as opposed to other platforms in particular, but I don't remember what it said. Um, but like, and so I know it's not just me, like people notice it too. Yeah. Wow. I'm just, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. I have few comments I am only on book Instagram and I just like avoid everything else because I just like pretty photos I'm just gonna look at the photos <laughs> yeah it's like people have their preferences just based on what the media is too like yeah I also just don't I don't really care because it's usually just people writing a quick sentence I just don't care yeah TikTok I like because it's like a full video if I really like feel like spending the time looking at it but yeah Instagram photos everybody has their own thing there everyone has their own thing do you have any phases of your cosplay that you'd want to go back to and revisit or like redo? 
is there anything that like you've learned that you're like I should go back and redo this or <laughs> if I could yeah I mean like there are like a lot of photos from especially when I like the first year or so that my main thing in the beginning was I didn't really understand lighting I don't think I had like portrait mode on my phone until like two years into having my account so the camera quality wasn't bad just wasn't as good uh mainly I really went very heavy-handed at facetune when I first started and honestly like it still was a problem up until like maybe a year and a half ago like just it's so cringy seeing some of those photos because I just completely like it's like the ones you see memes about like there's no line or pore on my face it's just so bad I mean it's funny like I'm not mad looking at them I think they're funny but I'm amazed people followed me based on those photos but and the, a lot of photos that took around that time I would like to redo so I like chapter 55 kind of inspired photos were something I did way at the beginning and I'd love to redo those at some point um that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head but th there's a lot from around that time just based on my lack of understanding for lighting and like I said facetune really not even so much like the costuming and stuff because I feel still pretty comfortable with a lot of the costuming choices and things like that that I made but my eyebrows too because I was still waxing my eyebrows back then so like when I was filling them and I was like legitimately like it looked like I took like a thick sharpie and just like drew them on it was bad so that's maybe the one makeup choice that I would change because my eyebrows were whack back then but <laughs> like things like that yeah I'd want to go back and change just again because of those little tiny reasons that kind of add up for me you mentioned that you don't like it when other people take your photo and you just mentioned portrait mode so do you take these mostly on your phone just like with the tripod Yep, I actually moved the tripod. Literally just my like iPhone and I have a little clicker and I just set it up and <laughs> go at it. I, I wish like I was more comfortable with like people taking my photos. I mean, like at conventions, it's one thing. This is usually just like a quick photo, but extended like sessions with people, I just get very uncomfortable. And I don't know why I like just lock up and I don't feel like I'm posing the way I would be if I was by myself. And I can see it in the photos when I taking photos with people that I'm definitely not as comfortable and it it shows for me at least yeah no I just pretty much tripod a little bluetooth remote my phone I would like to get a camera one day I just don't know how to use cameras so that's why I think <laughs> that's so impressive Thank you. <laughs> but like all to say like if people want to do stuff like this I mean I just do it on my phone so they can do it on their phones too do you have advice for people who want to start doing cosplay or are inspired by you to like take the plunge yeah I mean just like I think cosplay is different for every person so it's hard to like I mean I always kind of say like oh like you want to ask me a certain question like I'll help you but I don't really know it's like hard because it depends on where people want to start what they want to do um just kind of like basic tips I like to say is like yes you can use your phone if you want because that was something I didn't feel like I could do um definitely get a tripod if you want to do it by yourself I didn't even know phone tripods existed until like a year later and I always had my friend like I just I hate asking people to help me take photos too and I was always like can you help me take photos tomorrow like just like such an awkward thing of having to ask my friend to help me um definitely spring the like other major ones spring for the lace front wigs on I get them from Amazon I think they're cheapest and best quality on there but lace front wigs don't get anything that's not lace front because it you will be able to tell the difference it looks ridiculous if it's not lace front and it's maybe like ten dollars more so just do it because the regular wigs are still like twenty dollars 
and they're gonna be cheap and ugly. So got the lace front wigs. Um, and I mean, know your resources. You don't need to like, you know, get your pieces from anywhere crazy. I get most of my stuff on Amazon. Thrift shops are always great for finding. I find full pieces at thrift shops, honestly. So I would always say those. Um, but like anywhere, like I've gotten costume pieces at Target. I've used some of my like piece my work costume for my last job for cosplay. Uh, just anywhere. Just like look at what you have, look at what you can get to and any of it can be used. You just need to see how it all comes together. I love that. What's the fav- what's your favorite character that you've done? Um, um yeah, I I feel most comfortable doing Pharaoh like time and time again. So I guess she's my my favorite by default. Um I love though, Harley Quinn will also always be super special for me to cosplay. I feel so good when I cosplay her, probably because she was like the first character I cosplay cosplayed. Um, and I guess kind of the same thing for Pharaoh because she was the first book character I cosplayed. So I think those two, I have like a very strong attachment to and I really just like going back to them. Not to say I haven't enjoyed cosplaying really any of the other characters I've done because I definitely have fun with each of them for different reasons, but probably those are the two I have like they're most special in my heart that's awesome and you do them so well thank you (laughs) do you have any goals for your account just like in general like would you ever want to take your cosplay on the road as like a performer or do you want to keep it mostly to Instagram um I mean like I guess the thing is I don't really know like where this can go so I'm kind of curious on that front alone just because I didn't really think I could you know it would eventually get to the point where we did like TikTok videos and cosplay. Like I'm kind of just like playing it by ear and seeing where it does go. It's nothing that I plan to make a profession out of. I It's very hard to do that. I feel like Yaya Han and like a handful of others are the only ones that have been able to make like actual careers out of it. And I don't know that's necessarily something I would want to do for a career. Um, I have a lot of family members who like family members don't even follow me on Instagram so I don't even know why they think they know this stuff but like they're like oh you like costumes you could be a costume designer I'm like that's not what I do like that's not what it is <laughs> no I could never cost make costumes for like movies and stuff that makes no sense so <laughs> I love I love when family members try to tell me that because they literally have no idea what I even <laughs> do every day um so I don't know like I mean if something comes up in the future where it's like oh you can do this for you know money or her profession like, yeah that'd be great but right now for me I first and foremost consider it a hobby and that's why I try not to take it I mean it's very it's very serious to me I do take it very seriously but I also try not to take it so seriously because at the end of the day it's just a hobby I'm not getting any like money out of this I'm you know really just it's a pride thing and I'm getting to meet people and maybe occasionally getting a book early which is nice but I mean right now it's not in my goal is to make it, mm-hmm. I guess. That's awesome. It's just for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Were you comfortable with the dive into reels and like that part of the platform? Or was that something that you were really hesitant about at first? Because they, the ones that you do are so funny. <laughs> I, so I actually like fought against reels for a long time um I feel like the 
like cosplay, I, more so TikToks, cosplay TikToks became most popular when COVID, like when quarantine started. Um, and like since quarantine started, I had a lot of friends being like, you need to get on TikTok. Like there's cosplayers on there because they knew I did cosplay. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather die <laughs> because all I knew about TikTok was like the dancing and stuff like that. And I feel like that's like the same thing for a lot of people. They didn't realize how much was on TikTok. I, in general, fought against TikTok as a whole, not even just like doing it, but being on it for so long. And I didn't join until like this past fall. And even when I joined, I like didn't go on because I was still fighting it. <laughs> um, so like I fought every step of the way, even though I had friends that were like, you need to get on TikTok, you need to get on TikTok. And like, now I'm like kicking myself. I'm, like, like I should have like listened to them they were actually write about something I should begin with um but I think like having real like I don't know I like reels better than TikTok I think there are a lot of differences and I think the engagement is better on reels than TikTok but I think that's first person too that's just me um but yeah, no, I fought, I fought every step of the way. And then there was just finally a point where I was like, okay, well, this book is coming out and I have an idea for like the series. So I'm just going to do it because I think it's funny. And I just went ahead and did it and people liked it. So I was like, oh, wait a second, maybe I should keep doing this. Um, and then it kind of just like snowballed from there. How do you get your inspiration for reels? Like, is it just like you hear it and it instantly comes to you? Or do you like find a sound that you like and you brainstorm like what would fit for it? Um, so at first it was kind of just like as ideas were coming to me and then like as I saw people really like them I kind of wanted to put one out like every day which is really very demanding um sorry my cat knocked something over and so like yeah now I go on TikTok I kind of just like scroll through my three page and see like if a sound is funny and I mean like there'll be sounds like not at all related to the book community they'll be for like whatever's coming up I have just the weirdest array of things on my for you page which is great um so like I'll find audios that way, but I still do like go based off of, off of if I have ideas for something. So, I mean, but a lot of them, especially at first, just so randomly or like from little tiny things, like um, I did a reel to uh, I Rate Sins Not Tragedies and it <laughs> there's just like the one song where it's like, what a beautiful wedding, like that one lyric part to it where I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if like it was Ianthe and she was throwing like rose petals like it was literally like that little idea and I'm like okay well maybe I could try to make like something about Akamath out of this but like I sat on it for probably like a month or so like it took a long time to figure out what I wanted to do with it I just knew I wanted to do that like one little specific part and I was so happy when I saw people commenting on that part because I was like yes that was like what started it that was like the genesis of this idea so like weird things like that I'll literally usually I get these ideas when I'm driving I don't know what that's about but I guess because I just like listen to music when I drive and I mean, usually these are ideas attached to music. Um, yeah, or I'll just know like a movie quote that I like, but like I don't necessarily know like what fandom I want to use it for. So like there was a parent trap one I did recently. I just knew I wanted to use that scene for something and I didn't know what book I would use it for. So it took some time to kind of like think of something, but it's, it's I don't know how it happened. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I think one of my favorites was when you did Clueless and the um, Throne of Glass scene. Like that was just like, I was like, this is the most perfect thing for this. <laughs> I was actually so nervous. So, so it's funny because I feel like the ones that I'm most nervous to post end up being ones that people really like. 
a lot, which is funny to me because the ones I get excited about, people don't necessarily care about as much. <laughs> but that one, I was so nervous. I like checked with my friend about it because like I saw, I mean, I love Clueless. I've always loved Clueless, but like I saw a Princess Jasmine cosplayer use it, which is hilarious. She used it on TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, someone made a sound out of it. I'm going to, I want to use this for something. And in my immediate thought was like, oh, like Aelin, like gold nightgown. But then like, because I want to do Rowan and Aelin, I thought it was funny to like, that she says daddy. So I'm like, oh, that's funny. But then like, <laughs> I told my friend, I'm like, do you think people are going to be weird about this if the actual context of the scene is a real dad and daughter and I'm using it for like something else. I just like, I'm, you can connect the dots on the implications of that. I just, I thought there would be bad like comments on that. And thankfully no one got that. And my friend was like, no, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. But like, I, I feel like I need to think about those things beforehand because I don't want to like offend anybody or be making jokes about something that people could find offensive or weird or, I mean, I don't care if they care I'm weird, but if it's something like that, <laughs> that's like a little more concerning so I try to be careful but I appreciate that you liked that one because <laughs> I was excited about that one <laughs> it was so so perfect and like I just reread that scene like today and I was like again thought of it I was like this was perfect again <laughs> like, like gold nightgown just in general has so much material you can work off of with it's an endless well because <laughs> that's already like the second like reel I've done with her gold nightgown how comfortable are you doing like male cosplay? I, so like when I do it in my videos, I don't really consider those cosplays, which might be a weird thing to say, but I kind of just like, I don't know. There's like a differentiation for me. Like I just kind of, cause I'm not being serious when I get into cosplay with, for them. Like if I was, I'd do the makeup more thoroughly. I do put more effort into the clothes. Cause I'm kind of just using the same like three pieces of clothing for all the guys. I like dress up as in my videos but um I would say like gender bending I used to do a lot of I just haven't like done it in a while because I just haven't had anything I wanted to do um so I'm comfortable gender bending but like actually like dressing up like a guy character I'm so afraid to do because I just can't do the makeup for it I've seen people do amazing makeup for guy characters that identify as women and I can't do that like um for example, Michaela Carling did an amazing Wyland and just like, I was looking at the makeup and I'm like, how the heck did she do that? Like, I just don't understand how you figure out where to put the shading for something like that. I just don't understand. So like, I bow down to people that can do that, but I just can't, I don't feel comfortable doing it because I can't, <laughs> I know. And I don't think I can learn. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's impressive. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun just to like talk about this stuff. <laughs> well, if you ever want to come back and talk books, feel free. I can add you to the list. <laughs> I'm game for whatever. Perfect. Well, I like to close out every chat by asking what books are you currently binging right now? Um, so I'm actually reading Gods and Monsters. It's the third and final Serpent and Dove book by Shelby Maharan. So I'm reading that right now. And I also have the Twice Shy, I think it's called. Uh, I don't know how you say her last name, but Sarah Fogel. She wrote You Deserve Each Other, which I actually did not like. But like, I knew like based on the book that she's a very good writer. So I'm like, okay, I want to give her another chance. Like, I know I would like it. It was just that book. So 
I'm calling it my second chance <laughs> book. So those two right now, I have other ones that I have like sitting around waiting to be read, but those are the two main ones. Nice. Did you get an arc for Gods and Monsters? Um, It's not like an arc because there weren't arcs for it, but it's like an arc. <laughs> That's I don't know. It's, it's an arc in quotation marks. <laughs> He's going to sit here and like sit in jealousy for a while now, but. It'll be out soon. It'll be out soon. <laughs> I know. I'm stoked about it. We're going to talk uh, her entire series later once it comes out. Me and a friend are going to read all of them and come on the podcast and chat. Well, thank you so much for being here. For everyone listening, you can find Georgia on Instagram at Peachy Queen Cosplay. She's awesome. I can't recommend her account more. As you can tell, she's like the nicest person. So go follow her. You can find me on Instagram at Bookshelf Binge. This has been a Bookshelf Binge. Be sure to rate the podcast wherever you are listening. And I'll talk to you next week.